2: Less than 48 hours away from the start of the early signing period for football. It is the recruiting roundup right here on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier alongside, well, senior recruiting editor, Andrew Bone down there. And of course, also site publisher, Tim Watts. Guys, you've been doing this stuff for more than a combined 40 years. You're closing in on together like a half century of this stuff. And I know it's changed a lot here in recent years with the transfer portal with NIL, but is there at least still a lot of that same intrigue or, you know, interest certainly is still seems to be high, Tim and all this stuff. Yeah, for me, I
0: love it. I mean, it's, it's, I know, I mean, we get a lot of questions on the round table, the BOL message board of how do we answer the same question? I mean, it's kind of just part of your daily life. I mean, you go out, you go to Publix, you go to you know Books a Million, you go to a lot of places. If they recognize you, they ask a question. So you're kind of just used to it. Also, you spend so much time talking with our coworkers amongst ourselves, me and Andrew, me and Joseph, me and you, all of us talking recruiting. Um, it just becomes. I'm probably saying these names in my sleep. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm you know I'm just saying. Where you know when's Ryan signing? You know I'm probably doing all that stuff. So yeah, to me, I love it. It's still it's still you know
2: Christmas Eve for me. I'm guessing the same for you, Andrew.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: back uh, back when we used to do the, uh, you know, just the regular signing period back in February, it was always a r- around my birthday. My birthday's on uh, February the third, so yeah, it was always like, all right, um, you know, I'll celebrate afterwards, or I'm working on on my birthday. It was always uh, always kind of busy around that that time of the year. But man, it is a um, it's certainly a lot of fun to uh, to cover it all. and finally, you know you get to the week and you're like, man, I can't believe it's it's almost over because you know most of these kids are signing early you know you're not really waiting uh, around till February for you know 10, 15 kids to to make decisions anymore. I think the first year of that early signing period people didn't really understand it completely and we were still waiting on guys to take official visits in in January and now, Everybody gets all that stuff over with. There might be one or two guys that we're watching pretty closely uh, next month, but uh, th- this is kind of the show now, and uh, this is the culmination of the entire uh, year. You know, for some kids, you know, it's been a two or three year process. So, so for us, it's been a two or three year process for for some of those guys. But uh, we're here at the finish line, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting.
2: Now, you guys pretty much predicted on some previous episodes of the recruiting roundup that. This previous weekend could be interesting. There could be some surprises. There could be some visitors, both unofficially and officially of note. Uh, We certainly kept track with all of that right there with our running thread and coverage at BamaOnline.com, our roundtable, our premium message board. We were all over it. You guys were all over it. Uh, Tim, let me start with you. What was maybe the most interesting aspect of this most recent uh weekend this closing weekend really
0: you know i always love that last weekend because you can always count on just the very few official visitors you know they had all that stuff. they had bowl practice going on playoff practice going on you knew they tried to sneak some guys in they ended up with bryce underwood who's the number one player in the 2025 uh class michigan kid quarterback number one by far probably of the recruits in that class and one of the best one you've seen in the last 10 years he's right there at that top of that list with the other guys he came in for a visit. He's pretty interesting because he's going to commit in a couple of weeks. I think it's January 6th, maybe something like that. Um, so LSU's involved, involved, and Michigan's obviously involved in that. That's the in state school. So Alabama got their shot unexpected. We found out about it Friday night. We chased it. Andrew and I chased it for, I don't know, 12, 14 hours before we got it confirmed that he was on campus. So that was a big one. Um, and then, uh, uh, Edric Houston was another one. Andrew, you talk about him for a minute.
1: Yeah, I think that the Edric Houston news was probably probably more surprising to to our board than anything else. Um, you know, Tim and I had talked about Houston as a possible visitor. Um, you know, probably a few days prior, and you know, we were kind of waiting to see if it was actually going to happen because, you know, a lot of times, we hear you know different kids are going to be coming in, and it you know ends up not happening. But Tim was able to confirm uh, the visit, and, uh, you know, obviously it was a, uh, a big deal, and it, I think it took a lot of people by surprise. It took Ohio State by surprise uh, that he was on campus, and he had visited Clemson uh, on Friday as well. Uh, you know, this is a kid that, out of Buford High School in Georgia, you know, a lot of top players from uh, you know, from Buford have gone to Alabama. You know, we, we've seen uh, Justice Haynes, Seth McLaughlin, of course, uh, Isaiah Bond, Jake Pope, but uh, this was a uh, big target for Alabama uh, back earlier this year. He committed to Ohio State in August, and, and Alabama was on that short list. They were, you know, top two, top three for Edrick when he made that decision. You know, really didn't hear a ton about him during the season. Probably over the last you know, two or three weeks, we started hearing a little bit more chatter that there was, you know, still some conversations happening. Uh, we weren't sure if he was going to make it in for a visit, and like I said. But you know, he came in, Alabama, you know, at least, uh, you know, might have a, a, a fighter's chance at the at this finish line. I think he's going to make a decision you know, probably today or tomorrow and let coaches know. But um, you know, there's always a surprise late in the process for Alabama um, as far as you know, potential flip. You know, maybe somebody that comes out of nowhere. You know, is Edric that guy this year? You know, could be. I don't. I think we're ready to predict it just yet. But uh, you know we're still we still got some more phone calls to make and uh, you know figure out what's going to yeah. be happening on
0: on, uh, on and, the, Wednesday. and the thing with Houston, this is how the, this is how the game's changed. Is he could sign with Ohio State, but if something happens, something happens, and he decides to leave Ohio State, last two schools, he, last school he ever visited was Alabama, right? Um, there's been some rumors that he was worried about Larry Johnson retiring. They're they're really good defensive line coach. Uh, these kids aren't, you know, these kids aren't dumb. You know, they know after signing day news tends to break. And if you go back to uh blast from the past, y'all remember Roquan Smith committed yeah. to UCLA. Remember that, Andrew? And then it leaked out his position coach was leaving and he hadn't signed yet. And he ended up at George, obviously a great player. I think he's, he, Travis's Jaguars played. Him he was a night. problem.
2: He was a problem for my yeah, team was last a, night. Yes. He's a
0: mess, isn't he? So uh, yeah, so now it's not just about signing. Now it's about signing them in the future, too. But I agree with Andrew. Andrew, you went from no chance to a puncher's chance. So you got to like that.
2: Guys, what about this running back situation? Is there any more clarity there after the weekend? Alabama, it looks like, involved with at least two or three guys at the position. Do we Do we know anything after the weekend in that regard? Yeah,
0: well, they, you know, Joseph Hastings, our, our young protege, he got Kevin Riley on the phone last night where Kevin said Alabama's leading. Now me and Andrew being vets of the game, Travis being around this game a long time, we're like, eh, I don't know, you know, two days to go. But he said, you know, Alabama is close to home. He lives in Tuscaloosa, um, has said Alabama's a leader. He's committed to Miami. Uh, I think it's just best. He's got a lot of stuff to discuss, you know, would figure out what he wants to do. Miami's heavy in the NIL game. They're not ashamed of it. Um, You know, so that that could factor in. And they had Jaden Ball on campus, who's an interesting prospect. Daniel Hill's still lurking. Uh, Andrew can tell you all about Daniel Hill's recruiting.
1: Yeah, so (laughs) – it is going to be an interesting couple of days on the running back recruiting front because there are two guys that they are trying to flip and, you know, Kevin Riley and, and Jaden ball. You know, I do think as far as ball is concerned, you know, he's been committed to Arkansas for a long time, but I do think it comes down to Alabama and Florida. I think, you know, there has been somewhat of a, some confidence on the Florida side, but I, I don't think that's a done deal just yet. I think it's pretty close between the uh the tide and the Gators. And then as far as, uh, Kevin Riley, as Tim pointed out, you know he's certainly a guy that Alabama has recruited for a long time. Visited Tuscaloosa three times during the uh, during the season, and uh, told everybody that he was shutting things down uh, two weeks ago. But then ends up making the trip to Tuscaloosa, and uh, you know we know that Miami's not going to go away. They're going to make some pitches to him uh, today and tomorrow, uh, try to get him, uh, you know. Leaning back towards uh, towards them, and he might be leaning towards them. Regardless, <laughs> he might just be uh, trying to create some drama. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But as far as Daniel Hill is concerned, this kid out of Meridian, Mississippi, that's visited Tuscaloosa probably more than I have in the last you know couple of years. But uh, he has uh, he's been down there so many times, very comfortable with the program and 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 all the surroundings. But. I don't know what's going to happen with Hill. I mean, this has been a uh, this has been an interesting recruitment to follow. Um, he was supposed to commit back in August. South Carolina was supposedly the destination. Uh, it's been an Alabama-South Carolina battle uh, from the you know, for the last six months. But he took a visit to Mississippi State last weekend, or two weekends ago, uh, with a new coaching staff. His father played there. I don't know if that's a major factor in the his, in the decision at all. His father, father's been pretty adamant that he would like for Daniel to go to Alabama uh, over the last year. But it'd be interesting to see what happens because Alabama could end up with Jaden Ball and or Kevin Riley in the next 24 hours possibly uh, and then announce on signing day. And then Daniel Hill calls and says, hey, I want to commit. There might not be room. But I think it's all going to depend on who calls uh, the Alabama coaching staff first. And makes that decision in the next 24 to 48 hours.
0: I guess to answer, there's two. go ahead, Tim. I'm to, sorry. Answer your, to answer your question, there is no clarity. We got <laughs> we got we said a lot of words to say, hey, it's coming down. Jaden Boss battling, you know, with Florida. I'm not sure you can totally rule out Arkansas. You know what I mean? They've got they got some things they're gonna try to work there. It's been kind of quiet, but I do agree with Andrew, Bama, Florida type battle. Florida's had some optimism. Uh, you go to Kevin Riley you got the in state guy Miami's a long ways from home you know that's the thing about it with Miami I've noticed people that like Miami they love it they're very passionate about it they love the city and if you don't like Miami you, you, it's not really a place you visit you know what I mean it's not so it's a long way from home from him so he's still up in the air and then Daniel Hill I'm, I don't after he signs I won't know where he's going I'll still be confused so uh it, it's the most exciting part of this recruiting process, in my opinion. Yeah, say, that's else. another thing. Go ahead. And with Daniel Hill, this is a
1: kid that is going to sign on Wednesday, but he's not going to announce until January the sixth at the All. Got a couple
2: guys like that, right? A couple of yeah, guys yeah. doing that. Yep, him yeah. and
1: Zay Mincy. Zay Mincy, top one hundred defensive back out of uh, Daytona Beach. Um, he's got a top three: Alabama, Florida, Miami. And he's going to – he'll sign on Wednesday but won't announce until the All-American Bowl as well. But
0: like any secret, that's one that's really hard to keep up until that game.
2: I mean, I'm sure the games want that, right? I mean, that's a big piece of it. And, you know, I don't know if – are we affiliated with any of the games now at On3? Mm -hmm. I don't think we are. Mm -hmm. I think we could do a show one day on how the two main games – go about the competition for players. I'd like to maybe pick yeah, you guys. We, we have been that. involved in that. I mean, you go and you get the,
0: you know, there's some politics that come into play. I mean, now look, that that game has changed entirely from what, 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 what I thought it was back in the day when we loved it, from Leonard Fournay and all those guys committing on the same day. You know, you had Tony committing. You had Landry. all that drama. Um, committing. You had the game itself, had good moments. It's just totally changed. I mean, it's sort of like the NFL pro bowl. You know what I mean? You go out there, you play, they don't have a lot of practice. A lot of these guys have spent time at the university they're going to, which we'll talk about later. So everything's changed. I still enjoy it. Uh, I watched the Alabama Mississippi game. I thought those guys took a lot of pride in it, but overall, yeah, I mean, there there's some jockeying to get the players there. There's also politics. I mean, if you're doing rankings, And you got to pick the players going in the game. You can't really leave off. You know, you can't really leave off somebody you got highly ranked, whether they deserve it or not. So there's always like it's there's a recruiting battle in itself. But it's not like it used to be back in the day when me and Andrew were really covering it because there was heated battle. Kids would actually flip from one game to the
2: other. That wasn't even that long ago. And they'd get a
0: graphic and announce it.
2: Yeah, flip season. I'm going to the other game. Speaking of flip season and all-star games, uh, Ryan Williams, again, man, at the Alabama-Mississippi game, does his thing and then follows that up with a trip to Auburn that certainly made some news. So I got to check in on you guys. I got to get a Ryan Williams uh, temp check right now after the weekend as it relates to Alabama and maybe what you're still seeing for him in the immediate future. Nothing's changed
0: on my end. I mean, he went down there. I mean, he, um, you know, pictures before of him shopping, showed him in an Alabama hoodie. I mean, Ryan kind of is what he is. I still think people need to remember he's 16 years old. He's getting to see Bronny James play in the first row. You know, there have been rumors LeBron was going to show up. I don't think that was ever accurate. Although his wife showed up. Um, he's probably cooler to meet than LeBron in some ways. But they, the James family was there. Um, he looked like he was having fun. They were chanting, we want Ryan, you know, it was all orchestrated. And I remember this back in the day when Alabama did that for Tebow Tebow was on t-shirts. It was a picture I took from the, uh, uh, from the Nike, all Nike camps, you know, they were doing that whole thing. So I remember being at that level, but I mean, on my end, nothing's changed with Ryan. I mean, he has said he's locked in. Um, I have no reason to doubt
2: him at this stage. Hey, Andrew, I guess uh, we we talk about flip potential and protecting your guys like Ryan Williams. Uh, But Alabama has had to fend off a home state school, I guess, in the Florida Gators where Jameer Grimsley is concerned.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a kid that committed to Alabama back in July, grew up in a Florida fan, Florida household, which was kind of weird because Florida had been recruiting for, for a long time, but he never went to a Florida football game until uh until november it was his first I might have helped
2: florida if he didn't go to an actual game <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but then, yeah, they were pressing hard they they really wanted to get him in in their class um billy napier went and saw him on friday he took an official visit to to florida two weekends ago i think you know Corey raymond uh being let go as the defensive backs coach at, at uf that probably hurt their chances even more but you know he still gave them a shot you know let them you know provide some pitches to him and uh decided to shut things completely down we had heard over the last probably three or four days that that there was really nothing to worry about there with him but uh, you just never know especially when his father told joseph on um I think it was Friday afternoon that they were going to sit down as a family and make a decision over the weekend. Uh, you were just kind of waiting to, you know, hear what that was going to be. And then on Sunday night, uh, Joseph had an interview with with Jameer, uh, who said he was shutting things down. Was coming home. Um, you know, this is also a kid that's going to uh, enroll early. He won't be there for bowl practice just yet. He might be able to get there for the um, for the Rose Bowl practices, um, you know, in California, but he won't be there. Um, this week is, you know, we'll see a couple other guys that are going to enroll early, but, uh but yeah, I mean, he's a guy that, um you know, Alabama is really excited about.
2: Pretty nice for those early enrollees, right? I think they get to go back to California, the California guys that just yeah. came, came in, going to be going right back out to Southern California for uh, on-site practices for the Rose Bowl. Hey, Tim, also like defensive end, outside linebacker. And, and you talked about this earlier, uh, with a five-star of note. But that seems to be a position Alabama's still actively recruiting, not just on the high school front, but, you know, some transfer portal guys uh, at defensive line and and maybe the edge that are still of interest, or maybe guys that, that Alabama's just doing their due diligence on who knows if they'll actually end up in Tuscaloosa.
0: Yeah, Bama, the one, you know, I think the one we're most interested in was Jason, Jason Ross from Missouri. He came in for an unofficial visit. You know, he's been very quiet throughout this whole recruiting process. Haven't really got to know him that well. It's just been quiet. I mean, nobody has really talked about him. But Fast Riser is a senior. I think he played wide receiver out of position last year. Moved to a new school. You see him off that edge. He's the flash guy. Shredded type of guy, you know, came up for an unofficial visit. I think Alabama feels good there. Um, There's still some talk with Solomon Williams who's – look, we're at the stage now where there's guys – and it's not surprising – they're 48 hours away from signing or whatever it is. There's no need to really let anybody know now. They might have to tell the college coach to get their position, but Solomon Williams is a guy that's kind of been leaning elsewhere. Bama made a push. Bama was in good standings, and now I'm not really sure what's what's happening with it. I made some calls this morning. Um, he's the guy that's probably going to surprise some people. I think he's given Alabama some good feedback at times. time times. I think Texas has been involved. I mean, he's going to bounce around. He's a guy that could just surprise you. If you want a candidate somebody that just surprises you and you didn't know he was even talking to that school, Solomon could be that guy. And yeah, they brought in some transfer portal guys. And, you know, Andrew and I have discussed this. We had it in the boardroom last night. They're going to kick the tires on these guys. But the NIL, the first go-round is almost like the first round of the NIL NFL draft. They're really getting some NIL offers and um, you know, I think if they're worth it, it makes sense. But some schools are just desperate to fill their void uh, going into next season. Um, Bama's not going to be all in on that type of prospect. But they did have a good visit with LT Overton, um, former Aggie guys, parents worked at Alabama. So kind of kicking the tires, figuring out what's going to happen there. But, yeah, the the first round of the portal uh, has been interesting. But I think the second round, the third round, where you see these guys pop up in May, pop up in, you know, uh, you know, at the end of Jeff or the bowl games, I think there'll be more and more rounds of guys going in and out.
2: Yeah. It's something that goes lost on us. I think that the urgency seems to be right now because of mid year to get these guys in your programs and get them going. But, uh, I think programs like Alabama, Andrew, that's where they have the luxury. They can be a little more selective and a little more choosy. And if they don't sort of go through this 10 items or less, I think maybe there is, there's Andrew, if they don't go through this particular round, they can come back around for a Jamison Williams from a couple of years ago in that, that later window.
1: And I, I think what people don't understand is you know, Alabama still, they're probably going to have to lose a couple guys too. <laughs> you know, there's going to be some guys that are going to enter the transfer portal probably after the, uh, after that first, uh, playoff game. Yeah. Uh, we don't know who that's going to be just yet, but uh, I do think there's going to be some options that are going to be out there still on the table. And uh, Alabama's going to, I think a lot of, you know, the biggest question is who are they going to sign this week? You know, who's going to get added, um, you know, at different positions from the high school level? You know, do they really need to go after, you know, let's say a, an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman? Who else do they, you know, potentially need to, you know, you know really even to add depth, but who's out there that you know, may not cost a fortune to, uh, to potentially bring in? So, um, I think they're going to focus a little bit more on it after the um, after the, that playoff game. But, you know, they had those three guys in this weekend. We'll see. I think Overton's probably the only one that's a more realistic, but also somebody that I, I think they're tr- still trying to make some decisions on right
2: now. Man, Lane must have found that NIL bag. You know, that gas station fried chicken money must be good. I think he
0: sold them on winning next year. You know what I mean? You certainly can't take your whole defense in the portal and expect that to, like, you can definitely win next year. Um, and he's got, you know, he's got probably a, compared to the rest of the SC schools, SEC schools, I would say, a little bit easier of a schedule. But he's even then, he's still got Georgia. I think he's got Texas. He's got guys on there. So if they're going to try to get in that 12-team uh, deal, next year's a good deal. But, you know, Travis, going back to the, the portal guys, like people in a rush, how many guys signed were, were committed portal-wise in the early signing period last year? I remember C.J. Dupree, but I feel like Amos, Key, Trez Marshall, weren't they all – they were all late guys, right? They were after –
2: I think January. Trez was – I thought Trez was early. He could have been.
0: He I know
1: Dupree, Dupree was early.
2: Dupree yeah, Dupree was definitely early. was early. He was here um, like, for the bowl. But I, I know think Amos was late. Amos he, and he Key, and right? Amos were late. Over, over they were late. summer guys, right?
1: Yeah, I remember yeah, they, interviewing them in, in May.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's they what I'm late. saying. You don't, you don't. It's more than just one shot with that portal. I mean, you're going to get shot on shot. You know, another interesting thing that a college coach pointed out to me about the portal is if you've got a guy wanting to go in the portal, you lie to him. You tell him, "Hey, stay here," and you not necessarily lie, but you say, "Stay here," and you know, we're going to do this and we're going to sign that for next year. Well, when they go through the spring game, some of them are going to realize maybe this isn't where I wanted to go. I gave you another chance. I do need to get out of here, and they're going to bounce. So we're going to see that. And that's, you know, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. And in the case, sometimes it's the same player like with with Pritchard. (laughs) Pritchard hit the portal, threatened to hit the portal, came right back out of the portal.
2: You know, Pritchard was kind of like – Elijah Pritchard was kind of like that uh, Simpsons gif where – the old man comes into the restaurant, sees Bart, puts his hat down, <laughs> puts it back on, and walks back out the door. Yeah, that was Elijah in the in the portal. But, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, you know, that didn't take long, but it's a good flip around. But the portal—it was,
1: it was, I'll tell you what—it was interesting seeing some um, some people who seemed, you know, kind of confident in Elijah Pritchett in the first, uh, you know, ten minutes of him entering the portal uh, that he was going to go to their school. So. Um, you know, yeah, quickly those same people are
0: confident about everybody goes in the portal often. You know what I mean? The old I emoji on Twitter, you know, ooh, you know, and <laughs> then we told you if we got them and then if they don't
2: get them, they're like, oh,
0: I was just saying.
2: So guys going into Wednesday, if I asked both of you, the most likely flip from another program or another commitment list to Alabama's on Wednesday Who would that guy be for each of you?
1: Go on, Tim.
2: I need the Jeopardy theme song
0: here. You know, I would go percentage-wise. I think Jaden Ball, I guess if you count him, is probably the best chance. I don't think for sure that he's coming. I can't think of many that are committed right now. you got Houston. You've got Ball. Riley. Kevin Riley. Yeah, I would – that's a tough one between the running backs because they're so that thing is literally so fluid. I'd probably go with I'd go with Riley. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. It's a tough one. I really don't have a great answer for that. It's a it's a tough one right now. It very well could be somebody we're not even talking about. <laughs> don't forget we had that year it was uh Jojo Earl, Keanu Coot. Yeah. yeah, I mean they were those were late. Like, now we had known the whole time they were messing with them. They chose other schools, and then Alabama goes and circles back and makes a push for them. So there could be some Alabama staffs going to turn over every rock. Stealthily. Yeah, yeah they're going to turn over, and sometimes they'll do it so in your face you don't even believe it. It's almost like they tell you, and you don't believe them, and then they still do it. So I would go probably with Riley because he's a hometown kid, but it's a tough one for me to, to choose that right now.
1: Perry Thompson. Ooh. I'm just
2: kidding. I just oh. wanted,
1: to get, I wanted to get Auburn fans riled up this morning. All right. I, 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 got, stay, the, I got the time mad. stamp
2: on that. I can clip that right I out. Know
1: I know they're watching the show. So and uh, his phone says. They
2: stay mad.
1: <laughs> no, Perry would not be my pick. Um, I'd probably have to go with Riley. I mean, just local kid. I mean, I know, you know, we want to probably be different here and say somebody else. But, you know, Riley being a Tuscaloosa kid, um, you know, Obviously, Alabama has been pushing hard for him for a long time. Um, Miami's pushing hard for some other running backs right now; who they feel like they've got a chance to land. We'll see what happens on uh, on Wednesday, but I'll probably I'll probably lean Riley at this time. But Edrick Houston, very much in play for Alabama, I think.
0: You know the one the one thing about this time of year is they they started. it starts on Twitter, starts on social. All these surprises Bama's going to get. One year, it's just epically. Remember the dominoes were falling. Tua was Tua. coming back. Waddle yeah. was coming back. All the five first-round picks were... They were Look, look at all the, what they got back, and it was disappointing. They had Najee come back, Smitty come back. People were actually disappointed. Well, recruiting does that. I mean, at this stage, worst case scenario, you get the guys that you were favored to get. You hold on to the guys that you've got, and you've had a really good class. You're the you know, you're, you're in the college football playoffs. You're with the top three class, and you get those guys. Again, all surprises aren't good surprises. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's Alabama's avoided that for the most part uh, on signing day. But, you know, if they do get a surprise, you just look at it as a little treat. Maybe you're Ralphie and you see that BB gun and Christmas story hidden behind the tree when everybody else is fast asleep. So um,
2: I wouldn't expect huge surprises, but that's usually when they happen. You know, I guess it's really an impossible sort of task, even this close to National Signing Day. Uh, but we're getting a question here in the roundtable thread. Uh, for you guys, thoughts on where this class ultimately finishes in the rankings? Again, and not knowing what maybe some other schools are going to do here down the stretch, but your feeling right now about this class in terms of Team rankings, top three, top four, top five, top two?
0: Well, I mean, you're looking at the rankings. Georgia's got a pretty decent lead up there. They got 28 commitments. Ohio State has 22, Bama 21, Florida State 23. Um, Georgia's going to lose more than likely. The Dillon, the quarterback, Rayoli, Rayola, whatever his name is, the, the, the kid that's at Buford, bad luck at Buford for Georgia, if that happens again. Um, I would say – Top three for Alabama, 20, 20, commitments, really getting three more, you know, probably keeping in that top three group, obviously depends on what Florida state and Texas do. They've got some guys they could win. Texas having a good class. you know, I think it's better than the six ranked class. If you just look at overall, their top end guys. Florida is a team that's fifth and seems to be trending the wrong direction with a lot of guys. I would say top three, you know, obviously one thing can flip it. You know, you, you flip a Edric Houston and you're chasing Ohio State at two, that could be the difference. We saw that with uh, – who was the wide receiver that flipped the Alabama LSU class that year, was committed to LSU, wide receiver, flipped to Alabama? Long, Not while sure. back. Kenny Bell. Kenny Bell. Kenny yeah. Bell flipped the actual recruiting rankings. So, good call, Andrew. So, um, that could be the case. But I, I got him in the top three comfortably.
1: I trash top, pile go ahead two. andrew yeah i think top i actually think top two i think with the guys that they have a chance to add over the course of the next few days because you've got some four-star guys you got top 100 guys you potentially have a five-star guy that, that you can add and then you look at some other schools who they could possibly lose i mean you think about ohio state if they lose Edric houston that would be obviously in a, a Benefit to Alabama, I think. I, I don't know if it's going to be Clemson, uh, but you know, if he did decide to flip, I think they, they would have a great chance to to chase that number one class once again. Uh, there's some four stars that are in there. Kevin Riley flips from Miami to Alabama. That certainly would help as well. But um, you know, everybody was talking about how this class wasn't going to be on the level of some other classes, and they do that every year. I mean, it's it's every single year we talk about how you know, this class isn't going to be, you know, on the same level. Well, last year was probably the Highest ranked class in the Nick Saban era, um, so I don't. Know. Now you're having to compare everything to to last year's class, but this year is, uh, you know, I think they're really excited. You got the number one quarterback, you got the number one tight end, you got the number one athlete, you have the number one interior offensive lineman, and then you've got a lot of other really good players throughout the class. So I think Alabama fans should be extremely excited about this group um, when you pair them with last year's class. It's it's absolutely outstanding.
0: Let me tell you why they should be happy as Alabama fans, because y'all gripe every year about the tight end position. Every frigging year it's the tight end position, and they have got literally yin and yang, Tom and Jerry, an absolute dynamic duo of Caleb Oden, who's going to be a guy that could stretch, flex, line up wherever. They've got Jay Lindsey, who's a nasty, mean, and I say that in the most positive way ever, football player who likes to – he likes the fisticuffs. He likes to wrestle. He likes to block. He likes the physicality of it. But he's also a receiving guy. So you've got an inline guy. you got a flex guy and all that stuff. And another thing is, we told y'all last year this was going to be a smaller class. I mean, they it was going to be a smaller class because of the numbers we're going to dictate it. But really, also because it's not a great 2024 class. There is no college coach in this country that I'm aware of that thinks 24 is better than 23 or 25 or is good it's not as good of a class so you don't want to waste scholarships because again it's you know those things if you're you know you sign a guy you don't think can contribute that's that's a check you got to cash that's a check that you that's how you're going to end up having to cut 25 people in the portal to get where you're going so we know it would be a smaller class and the smaller class limits how high a class can be ranked again georgia has 28 commitments bama has 2021 20, so that's the comparison right there and that's usually the difference between the number one the
2: number two and the number three class trash pile here in our YouTube comments wants to know what's the most important factor that results in a player flipping a commitment. And I'm going to guess there's a, a very, a, a wide variety of things that can go into that, Andrew.
1: Absolutely. Um, obviously NIL plays a major role, uh, into those decisions. Um, People have change of hearts. I mean, people decide they want to stay a little bit closer to home. People decide they want to get far away from home. Uh, There may be a situation um, where you have a family member who's sick. I mean, there's just a wide variety. Um, A lot of times it comes down to, you know, which coach you want to play for. You know, is this position coach or this offense coordinator going to stay here? You know, I would hope for the most part kids are making decisions based on who the head coach is. Because if you're you're going to a successful program – a lot of those assistant coaches aren't going to be there, you know, two or three years, you know, they're going to be gone. They're going to get, get poached, but um, you know, there's a lot of a lot that goes into it, but we know that NIL plays a a major factor in a lot of decisions these days. So that's, you know, that's certainly, certainly something that we look at.
0: I also think that, you know, you could factor in when you look at some of these early commitments. So a kid that's usually committed has committed somewhat early in the summer or whatever. He hasn't always experienced everything he can experience from a, uh, you know, a game at, you know, a game atmosphere again, Jameer Grinsley go back to him. He never went to a Florida game. Travis probably right. Probably helped Florida to some degree, but he never even got to go on campus. He got to experience. So you commit early, you know, you don't really get to get in. I'll tell you another thing that factors in is it's almost like when you're married, you don't probably don't bring her flowers as much as you did anymore. But when you're trying to, you know, you know, trying to date her, you probably brought her flowers all the time. Well, when you're committed, you probably just have a regular schedule. You talk to him, right? And if you're trying to flip that commitment, you, you send seven coaches or whatever to his house. You go watch his basketball game. You you know, you know write him birthday letters or you do cringy stuff like have the staff sing him happy birthday and put it on social media. You do all that kind of stuff. It's just a different relationship. And some kids like that attention and need that attention. Um, at the end of the day, they are. I mean, I know there, a lot of these guys are just hum- massively sized. But they're still kids, and that can affect them as well. But I agree with Andrew. If you're not picking for location, uh, education, and for the head coach, to me, you're not doing it right.
2: Last question we'll take on this installment of Recruiting Roundup. Corey Lewis checking in here. Why doesn't Alabama recruit out of the state of Louisiana like it used to for wide receivers and defensive linemen? Anything to that, guys? I mean, they get really good. I don't think it's a matter of like state
0: lines. And I know that's been the source of some contentment in the state of Alabama. I think they go with the best player. I don't think it matters. I don't think they're looking for the best player in Louisiana. I don't think they're looking for the best player in a certain state. Also, it comes down to recruiter, how often that area is flipped, what the talents level, talent level is, you know, um, just, you know, just a smorgasbord of things. I mean, a lot of that tends to ebb and flow. You'll see, uh, You'll see a pipeline, so to speak, in that state. You saw the Miami area hit hard by Alabama, and then it kind of waned off. And, of course, that factored in. Mario Cristobal was recruiting Miami for Alabama. So I think it just comes down to a lot of things. I don't, But I don't think they say, hey, let's go find the best player in this state outside of the state of Alabama. They definitely don't want to miss a guy here.
2: Andrew, uh, as we get out of here, I want both of you guys – to give us that one memorable story in the lead up to a national signing day one. I know there's plenty. I know it's hard to choose, but with everything that can go on in the final 48 hours before the ink hits the paper, you got one of those. I know uncle Tim story time. He'll have at least one for us. What about it? Give us that one, that one. I mean, there's been, obviously there's been
1: a, a, a ton. Um, I think and, – and, so I'll have to say two. Two, two that I always remember really well. Cheating. You know, That's cheating, but go ahead. I know. You can have two. It's okay.
2: You'll uh, take my two. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what you did, two. He knew I was covered with one of these. Neither
2: one of you will have mine. I, I promise uh-oh. you that.
1: I, I, I do think that the um, – you know, I, I was sitting there at Drake Dre Patrick's announcement and, you know, watching him and Kendall Kelly announce their, their commitments to Alabama. And, you know, I remember looking down at my phone, you know, the, um, the announcement of Trent Richardson was about to happen. And, you know, a lot of people were nervous that he was going to flip and go to Florida or go to uh, potentially go to LSU. His brother was playing in, in Louisiana, so there was some, a connection there. Um, Urban Meyer was really trying to flip Trent away from, from Alabama. And, and, you know, Trent told me this years later. Um, and he said that he called Urban Meyer on his way to his announcement. And if Urban Meyer would have answered the phone, he said there was no way I would have been able to tell him no. That he goes, I just had such a close relationship with Urban. He goes, he didn't answer the phone. He goes, when he didn't answer the phone, I just turned my phone off. So Urban could have called him right back, and maybe he was in a meeting or in the bathroom or something, didn't see his phone, and and didn't you know just turned his phone off, went to the announcement, and uh, committed to uh, or announced that he was sticking with Alabama. Of course. D.J. Fluker and A.J. McCarron were also at that announcement, watching him. But you know, being at Dre's announcement that day, and now seeing Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. Uh, you know, signing with Alabama, you know, pretty crazy. And then you know, the second one I'll mention, um, I know there's there's several good ones, but Kenny Bell. You know, Kenny Bell. We talked about him earlier uh, when he flipped his commitment from LSU to Alabama back in that 2009 class. Um, I was actually working at the Tuscaloosa News at the time, and um, I'd caught wind of Kenny Bell's flip. So we sent two guys down (laughs) to his high school uh, to the announcement. Uh, Nobody even at the high school understood why uh, these two reporters from the Tuscaloosa News were at the announcement, and we called him Recruit X on the Tuscaloosa News site. People had no idea who it was going to be. Of course, that created a little bit of a firestorm because now every single year, Who's recruit X this year? Who's recruit X? Uh, just that yeah, one gotta year. got to produce, yeah. <laughs> so we got to produce every year. But I think Kenny, that Kenny Bell flip, as Tim mentioned, flipping LSU and Alabama for that number one uh, recruiting class—that's something you know we we'll, I'll, I'll certainly always remember. But you know, as Tim knows, there's a
0: hundred stories that we remember around these uh, exciting like, periods. I like to comment on the Trent story because this revisionist history for these guys as they get older where, you know, I was going to FSU and I go to this grocery store and I turn it on and on the radio is Sweet Home. Al- How often do they play Yay Alabama and Sweet Home Alabama on these kids' radio stations? I've heard that five or six times that I was doing something in Sweet Home, Yay Alabama. I don't even know if they play Yay Alabama on your radio station. But there's always this, like he said, DJ Fluker and AJ McCarron were at that game knowing where trip was going. You know, so that's there's there's that whole thing's kind of funny to me. To me, signing day's always going to be small stuff, like not small stuff. Julio announcing on ESPN was massive. Rashawn Evans, what a, I mean, that was a insane wild moment. But for me, it's always Andre Smith. Not signing day, but commitment wise, but uh, pulling out the Bear Bryant hat. You know what I mean? That was not. He should have somehow got residuals from bringing it back. Cause I don't really remember it outside of like grandparents wearing that until Andre came flying out of the hat. And I remember him putting the hat. Andrew was there putting the hats on the table. And I'm kind of looking like, where's the Bama one? And he kind of looked up and grinned. And I was like, he knew he's going to do something, something, something. You know, when a kid looks at you and grins before his announcement, you know, if you're me and Andrew, you're like, oh Lord, you know what? <laughs> we knew where he was going. We thought we knew where he's going. He does that. And then he pops that hat on in the crowd. There was a pause and then I think even neutral people were kind of like, wow, you know, you know, blown away with it. So I'll I'll, I'll obviously I some think great that I think was the first, I met for what? first time we were yeah, probably. Well, I, I think that's I think that's the first time we met. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. This is a busy, he's pretty crowded. His parents were awesome. That was a good day. Um, you know, that's three big moments for Alabama too. So Like Andrew said, we could go. We could do a whole. We could do an hour segment just recalling some of these, uh, the almost commitments and flips, and then the actual commitments and flips.
2: I'll go with a uh, how much the coverage has changed through the years, and also uh, kind of a life experience for myself back in. I guess it was early 1996. That's going back a ways, but uh, covering recruiting at the time and. The wife is like a month away from delivering our first child who is 27 now. So dating myself again, and I'm at a golf course doing a radio show. And, um, the, the, the golf pro comes up and says, your wife's on the phone. It's important. She needs to talk to you because no cell phone. I didn't have one anyway in 96. Maybe other people did. I go down to the pro shop, get on the phone. And I'm expecting her to say, I got to get to the hospital. I'm thinking she's going into labor early, something like that. And I jump on and I go, Heather, what's going on? Are you okay? She goes, yeah, I'm fine. She said, but Joaquin Fazell just committed to Michigan. (laughs) Somebody had called our phone, I guess, at home. (laughs) And she took the message and then relayed. Well, that's like Western Union recruiting coverage, isn't it? Telegram. She goes, I'm fine. But Joaquin Feazell just committed to Michigan. Okay. That would have been nerve wracking. That's when the I knew she, she was called. That's when I truly knew she was a real one. Yeah. That's yeah. When you, the fact that's when she you called was scary now.
0: enough. With that, that much pregnant. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
2: well, guys, it's been a lot of fun. And we're certainly gonna have a lot more to cover right there at BamaOnline.com. We're planning to do uh we're gonna have a signing day type of show. I'm thinking that'll probably be Thursday. We're we're finalizing that, but we're gonna have you covered right here on the YouTube channel. But absolutely minute by minute at bamaonline.com You got the war room up right now. You're going to want to check that out. Tim, Andrew, Joseph Hastings, second to none. There just aren't any better uh, than these guys. So be sure to hang out with us right there at BOL. Anything else guys, before we get out of here?
0: Nope. I mean, it's still a lot of recruiting left. You know, we say that, I mean, it's the dead period, but it ain't the, they died period. You know what I mean? They are calling kids and they're working kids and, they're working mamas and daddies and coaches and mentors and handlers and many agents and real agents. So there's a lot going on between now and actually pen to paper. I don't think they do that anymore. But they used to sign, actually sign it. I guess it's electronic now. Everything. I think know. they take a picture and send it
2: in. Last wow. I heard,
0: Andrew, have you heard an update on that? Then they like send in
2: a visual or something. <laughs> it's pretty. Whatever easy. happened to Fax Cam? You know when, it, yeah, when that people,
1: was... people miss Fax Cam, girl. They they. Now they, get, now they get to see, see our faces instead. But, I uh, actually uh,
0: promised in a thread the other day, Andrew didn't read, that Andrew would be
2: wearing the fast oh, skirt this year. Oh, wow. Also,
0: that's what I'm doing. Well, that, really that's really going to gonna
2: help the, the views there, too. Hey, that's
0: going to push the promo <laughs> for bamonline.com really well.
1: It'll be,
2: it'll be no. a fun day.
1: You know, there's always there's already several guys already on campus, Julian Sane, Caleb Odom, Peyton Woodyard, a lot of yeah,
2: guys, early uh, enrollee's. Lot of
1: guys who are already participating in ball practice. So you don't have to worry about those guys come signing day. But um, next few days will be really fun on bamonline.com. So come check us
0: out. Absolutely. Hey, it's not over. It's not over. We got the portal, we got the late period.
2: You know, we got a little running, football game out in Pasadena coming up.
0: Pass, so we got Bama guys that will end up in the portal. You know what I mean? There's a lot. There's a uh, – that's the thing about making the playoffs. You get almost a 30-day reprieve from having to deal with the portal. Because, hey, look, I'll be honest. If I work as hard as these guys, I would want to be – and I understand sometimes you got to, you know, like Ja'Cory Brooks, you got to go get your spot. But I I wouldn't want to miss out on the, you know, the the festivities and the – that there's a lot of swag and stuff that comes with going to this, so I, I think want some, I
2: want that windsuit. That's the that, thing I'd want, man. That, that Nike gear that they're getting, yeah, yeah, absolutely, no yeah. doubt about it. It truly is 365. It's 24 seven, or at least it used to be, but it's on three for us at BamaOnline.com. So come hang out with us on the round table, and of course, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel right here, we hope you'll certainly do that. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like and also turn on those notifications so you'll get this programming as it drops. For Tim Watts, Andrew Bone, Travis Ryer, thanking you again for joining us right here for the Recruiting Roundup. And until next time, so long, everybody.